Duncans, and we're serving in Antalya, Turkey. Hi. <laughs> and uh, first of all, we just want to say thank you for yes. your continued prayers and support of our work here. Uh, without people like you, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. And we can honestly say your giving and your prayers are making an impact. Oh, uh, we're yes. beginning to see much fruit uh, this just very recently. So Turkey, again, is a nation of 85 million people, 98% Muslim still. And, uh, but Antalya being the fastest growing city, what's happening is people are moving here uh, from many uh, Central Asian nations like Iran, and Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Mongolia, Mongolia. <laughs> Russians are moving here, a lot of Russians yeah. in our city, uh, even Europeans are moving here, and we live on a side of the city where we're able to interact with many of these people. And uh, so we do primarily three things here to do that, is we have a consulting business where we help people practice their English. We do workshops in English, and people are coming out to that. We do socials in English, where we do many activities just to get people together. So we're doing hikes, we're going to museums, we're doing rafting, we're doing picnics at the beach. And every week we're meeting people. We've actually, over the last couple of years, probably met over 100 people this way. Uh, and then, of course, we have our discipleship activities. So outside of those things, we're always inviting people to sing Christian songs with us, to uh, study the Bible with us. And so each week we have an activity such as that. And we even have deeper life activities for those who become believers where we begin to disciple them. But Jenny, did tell you about like what just happened this weekend? This weekend was amazing. So we invited the Turkish church over. And so 10, 10 adults came and we got to meet some brand new, brand new Christians. And then Sunday they got baptized. So that was 10 people on our ter terrace. And then Sunday, we invited our group over, which is a mix of Christians that have come to the Lord and then uh, people that are still seeking, and 15 adults, and wow, maybe five children came, and it was amazing. And we have, like, there was a Russian from Caucasus Mountains, he said last time, no, I can't come again, I'm, a, I'm Muslim. Well, then he showed up with his wife and daughter. <laughs> then we've had so many other things that are just amazing. There's hunger. There's hunger for the Word of God, and it was exciting. So God's moving in our midst. Actually, about a year and a half ago, the Lord gave us a prophetic word from the book of Isaiah. I was reading this, and I felt the Holy Spirit say this is for us. And it's actually about uh, King Hezekiah when Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, was attacking them. And the Lord said he's not going to succeed. And then it says in Isaiah 37, verse 30, this is what Isaiah says to Hezekiah. Uh, here is the proof that what I say is true. He says, this year you will eat only what grows up by itself. But in the next year, you will eat what springs up from that. And in the third year, you will plant crops, harvest them. You will plant vineyards and you will eat their fruit. And uh, then it goes and talks about the remnant that will be left. And what will accomplish this? The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So we felt like the Lord said, in your first year back in Antalya, you're going to see some fruit. In the second year, you'll see a little fruit from that. But in the third year, there's going to be like a harvest. Yeah. Well, we're at the end of our second year. And now we're beginning just this last two weeks, really see oh some word. type of just breakthrough into a new level. 
And so we believe God's moved up his timetable a few months. <laughs> We're like entering the third year right Come on, now. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so we have great expectation of what's going to happen in the days and the weeks and the months to come in this coming year. And we want to keep you updated of all our activities. But we just want to, again, say thank you for uh, your prayers, your support, what you're doing. We couldn't do it without you. And uh, God bless you as you continue to help spread God's word all around the world. Yes, thank you for your support and your powerful prayers. They're working. We do it together. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Amen. It's great to hear those good reports from some of our global outreach partners. You know, in this time, I can't help but use the analogy, if you had the antidote to the virus, right? It would be unloving if you didn't share it. And uh, that's what we do with our global outreach partners around the world. We believe Jesus has come into the world and brought a message of hope and forgiveness for every person that lives. And it would be unloving of us if we do not share it around the world. And so we want to talk a little bit about that as we move into our new series. But just before I get there... If you've been following along with us, and if you've been with us the last several months, you might have tracked with us that we have been moving kind of in concentric circles outwards in our relationships. Back in the beginning of August, we started with a series called Love One Another. And we basically were talking about that as Christians, we have a responsibility as followers of Jesus to love those who are close to us and close to God. Those are a part of the church, those that are Jesus followers among us. We have an obligation to love those close to us and close to God. And so we talked about the fact that we're a part of a family. And just like any family, there's benefits and there's responsibilities. And the family of God is no different. You come into a church, you, you come into following Christ, and you become part of the family, and there are benefits to that, and there's responsibilities. We have responsibilities to love one another. Some of the things we talked about, forgive one another, bear one another's burdens, right? Help each other along the way. And so that's a part of this loving one another those that are close to us and close to God. And then just this last series, we talked about loving our neighbor, and we define neighbor as those people who are near to us, close to us, but they're far from God. They're not Jesus followers. And so we have a responsibility also to move kind of outside that circle and love those who are near to us and far from God. We have a responsibility to show and share the love of Jesus with them. God has placed you in your neighborhood, in your school, in your workplace, in your family, in your relationships. He has you there for a purpose and for a reason. And some of those people that are around you that don't know God, God has placed you there to share and show his love with them. And so we've been talking about these things and we want to move out actually the circle one more level in our next series. And we're going to move that out this morning and we're going to push the bounds out a little bit. And you may be saying, I'm having enough trouble just doing the first two, Pastor Rick. Do we really have to push it out any further? Uh, we're going to push it out a little further today. Well, maybe a lot further. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But just before I get there, uh, I, want to, I want to just do something else, uh, just a little bit off topic, but kind of on topic. Because when you're preaching these messages and these series, you just kind of never know who's listening and how God is speaking to people's lives. And 
how God is speaking to people's hearts, and God uh, sometimes moves in unusual ways in the lives and the hearts of people who are hearing. So as people listen to this, and I'm sure as you've been listening to some of these, love those in the church and love those who are your neighbors. Maybe God has been calling you to do some things. Well, one person God was calling to do something that I got an unusual phone call from this week, not a call I get every week, but I got an unusual phone call from someone this week about who's been kind of convicted and moved by this how to love one another series that we've been doing. And they said, uh, we want to donate a, a vehicle to someone in the church who uh, is in need of a vehicle and uh, is, uh, also has maybe some uh, family members or kids with special needs. And it's a uh, really almost brand new vehicle, uh, just a couple of years old, the 2019 Dodge Caravan that this person uh, purchased actually and donated because they felt like they needed to love someone that in that way. And so this morning, uh, Joe Harris, uh, you didn't know this, but we want to give you a van today and uh, you and your family a van today and want you to walk out with this, buddy. That's for you, man. It's sitting out in the parking lot right there. And I uh, want to just bless you. Well, we could, all right, all right. Well, if you're okay with it, I'm okay with it. <laughs> and Joe, that's, if you go out the front door and out the parking lot that way, you'll find your new van for your family, man. And uh, we want that to be a blessing to you and somebody uh, just was moved by the Lord and wanted to bless you. And so God bless you. Uh, bless someone and God bless you in that way, Joe. So enjoy that. All right. And uh, so praise the Lord. And God may be moving in your life and in your heart in a way like that. So you never know the way God's going to move. Next, next week, I want to give something else away. So give me something else. <laughs> uh, but uh, praise the Lord, the way the Lord moves. But so that's what we've been talking about, loving those who are close to us and close to God, loving those who are near to us and far from God. Let me push it out a little further today. Here's where we're going to push it out to. Loving those who are far from you and far from God. Loving your world. I want to talk about loving those who are far from you and far from God. And maybe, like I said a couple minutes ago, you're saying, wait a second, I'm having a hard enough time loving people in the church and doing all those things you just said. And then you want me to love my neighbor. We talked about blessing people three times a week. And you're like, it's been three weeks since that message and I still haven't blessed three people and I'm still working on that. And, you know, do we really need to push the bounds out, you know, further? And I'm going to say, yes, we do. We have to push them out just a little further, and here is why. The reason is because when you care about someone, you care about the people that that person cares about. When you care about someone in your life, you care about the people that that person cares about. Or if I can say it a little more, um, uh, maybe complicated, but the way I remember it in my mind, when you care about someone, you care about the people the person you cares about cares about. Yeah, that's I think I said it right. Let me give you an example. How many of you care about Doyle Kelly? How many of you care about Doyle Kelly? Well, you should. Doyle Kelly's a great guy. He's uh, in his 80s. He has been, uh, he was married for much of his life to his wife, Nell. And he was a faithful husband to Nell for many years, right up until the time that Nell passed away. 
After that, uh, a little while after that, he remarried to a, a wonderful woman named Evie, and, and he was a faithful husband to Evie, and, and still is. Uh, they live together in, in New Mexico. He has pastored many churches and has been a blessing to them for decades. And, uh, and, and Doyle Kelly's a great guy. And how many of you care about Doyle Kelly? Not many, because you still don't know Doyle Kelly, do you? Maybe a little. You're like, oh, he sounds like a nice guy. Maybe I should care about him. I didn't care about Doyle Kelly either, and I probably wouldn't if I were not married to his niece. And my wife, Wendy, that's her uncle, and she loves her uncle because her uncle was very loving towards her and almost a grandfather figure to her uh, throughout her childhood and loves him very much. And then I came to love and to know Doyle Kelly. Why? Because I care about Wendy, who cares about Doyle, and now I start caring about the people the person I care about cares about. It happens with whenever you get married, right? These people who you had no idea who they were. You had no idea they even lived on the face of the earth. But you start to love someone and you start to care about someone and all of a sudden you start to care about the people that they care about because you care about this person. You wouldn't know them otherwise. You wouldn't care about them otherwise. But a person I love loves them and I'll learn to love and care about them. And this is exactly what we're talking about when it comes to loving those who are far from you and far from God. Why should you care about someone on the other side of the globe who you don't know? who's far from you and far from God, because the God that you care about cares about them. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, and I'm going to show you uh, where that is in the scripture in a minute. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to take you through three kind, of, three kind of movements in our message this morning, and I'm going to move real quickly. First one, we're going to talk about some biblical, I want to try and convince you that this is the case, that God cares about these people, and we should, we're going to do that real quick, run through some biblical texts. Second thing, I'm going to give you a picture of kind of where we are as a church, on this, some of you are into data and numbers, and you want to hear that, and I want to give you a little bit of that. And then the third and final thing is I just want to close with us talking about how to catch God's heart in this area, all right? So we're going to jump in there. The first thing is God cares about those who are near and far. How many of you remember old school Sesame Street Grover doing near and far? You remember? This is where we all learned about it, right? That Grover would come up to the screen and he would say, near? And then he would go back here, right? And he would say, far, right? And he'd do it for like five minutes, right? Until you get it, near, far. And, uh, and we get that. And you're like, okay, I got it. But I think sometimes we don't get it when it comes to reaching people. That God cares about people who are near to you. But he also cares about people who are very far from you. And he calls us to do it too. Let me show you a couple places in scripture where this is the case. From the very beginning of scripture, Genesis, the book of Genesis, first book of the Bible, right? The very beginning of the Bible, we hear about God's heart for those who are far. Genesis chapter 12, uh, first three verses, he's talking to Abram, or we know him later. God changes his name to Abraham. And he chooses Abraham to kind of reveal his plan, to start his plan for the redemption of all of humankind. And why does he choose Abraham? Because he chooses Abraham. We have no idea why. He could have chose anybody. He could have chose John or Joe or whoever else was there. He chose Abraham. Um, we don't know why, but he had to start somewhere. So he started with a man called Abram. 
where he's changed his name to Abraham. And it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation and bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Here's what we have from the very first book of the Bible, from the very start of that book. God's saying, I got a plan for the whole world. I got a plan for everyone who will ever live on the world, on the earth to bless them and that they would be blessed. My plan is not just for you, Abraham. It's not just for your little family. It's not even for the great nation I'm going to make you into. It's for the whole world. And then we see this unfold throughout the rest of scripture and the rest of history. We see Abraham becomes this great family and then through him comes the Jewish people. And the Jewish people, God gives his word and he trusts his word, what we know as the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible. And he kind of lays out his plan for salvation history. He says, there's one coming. There's a Messiah coming. He's going to come. And when you put your faith and your trust in him, he's going to die for your sins. And if you put your faith and trust in him, you'll receive life and forgiveness. And Jesus comes through that line of Abraham and the Jewish people. And God reveals his plan to the world that he cares about people who are near and people who are far. But people don't always get this. They hear it, but they don't always grasp it. In fact, one of those people was Jonah. He was a prophet in the Old Testament. And I think it's a good picture. I love Jonah because we often think of him because getting swallowed up by a fish and, and redirected by God and all of that. And there's, there's a whole message in that. But I think the most remarkable thing about Jonah is not the fish thing. The most remarkable thing about Jonah is that he just didn't get it. He never got it. By the end of the book of Jonah, Jonah still doesn't get it. He still doesn't get that God cares about people who are far from him. Because Jonah was called to go to a city called Nineveh, full of evil and violent people who had actually done a lot of violence to Jonah's own people. And God said, I want you to go preach to them. And Jonah says, if I preach to them, they might repent. And if they repent, you're going to forgive them. And I don't want that. And so Jonah runs in the other direction. God makes him go back. He ends up in Nineveh. And in the very last verse of the very last chapter of Jonah, it ends on a question. It's one of the few books of the Bible that ends in a question. In Jonah 4.11, God asks Jonah this question. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? Jonah doesn't matter what you think of them. Should I not pity them just as I've pitied you? Should I not show love and grace to them just as I have you? I care about people who are far from me, Jonah. Not just those who are near to me. We serve a God who cares about people that are near and cares about people who are far. Jesus cares about people who are near and far. We see this in the ministry of Jesus. So Jesus comes on the scene uh, and we see him modeling life and ministry and the way we're supposed to live our lives. And we see him say things like this in Luke chapter four. He says, and when it was day, he departed and went to a desolate place, Luke writes, and the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. Stay near to us, Jesus. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. Not just for you. You got the message? Great. Now I got to take it to someone else who doesn't have it. 
Now I gotta go somewhere else that someone doesn't have it. In fact, most, one of the unique things about this verse that I love is this church that you're sitting in was actually planted with, uh, out of someone following that verse as their mission. Uh, Harvey Mepelink, the founding pastor of this church back in the late 70s, God had put it in the heart of, uh, of a group of people that said, Lexington needs a church. Other cities also need to hear the word of God. And so Harvey Mepelink and Gene left Connecticut where they were pastoring and came up here to plant a church with this verse as their uh, mission. Other cities also need to hear. And so they brought a church and planted a church in Lexington that eventually moved to Burlington. Jesus cares for those near and far. John chapter four, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there'll be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus is talking to Jewish people and he's saying, oh, you know, you're in, you get it, you're near, okay. But I gotta get, there's, I have other sheep and what they didn't know at that point is he's talking about, he's talking about non-Jewish people. Remember Genesis, God's plan for the world. I want to bring them in too. I got to go get them and bring them. They need the message too. Jesus cares about people who are near and far. And we care at Mount Hope. We care about God and therefore we care about the people that God cares about. And if God cares about people who are near and far, and Jesus cares about people who are near and far, then we as a church need to care about people who are near and far. As painful and hard as that might be, we need to push this circle out further and say, let's just go out further to where God is calling us. And how, where is God calling us? Go therefore, Matthew chapter 28, and make disciples of, say these two words with me, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go out to all nations, all nations of the world. Why? Because Romans chapter 10, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so you take this message that you have received. You go show and share the love of Jesus, not just with those near but with those who are far. The interesting thing about this Romans 10 passage is then Paul goes on to say how to do it and how it happens. He says, how then, he does it in question format, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. Here's what Paul's saying. Look, there's those who are far from God and far from you. But how are they going to hear if no one goes and preaches to them? And how will someone go and preach to them if nobody sends them? You and I have a responsibility, as all Christians do, to show and share the love of Jesus with those who are near to us and far from God. But for those who are far from us and far from God, we have a responsibility either to go, if God's calling you to go, or to send someone who will go and to support those who will go and be a part of exporting this message uh, to the world. At Mount Hope, we are on mission to care about those who are near 
and those who are far. And so every October, if you've been a part of it, this is not new to you. We will talk about our global outreach. We will talk about what we're doing around the world to not only care about those who are across the street, but those who are around the world so that they get a chance. They get the opportunity to hear about God's love for them. And so here I want to talk a little bit about how we're doing that. So I'm going to open up a little parentheses here and and talk about, uh, just give you a little glimpse into where we are, Mount Hope, and what we've done maybe this past year to share a little bit with about that with you to kind of give you uh, some of you want that update. How have we done? You know, this year where finances have been tough for a lot of people, um, this year where things have been different, have we been able to support our partners? Have we been able to continue to uh, support those we've committed to? Let me just take a minute to talk about that with you. So currently we work through 39 GO or Global Outreach Partners. Those also include some local outreach, uh, those local partners around us too. So 39 GO, we call them all GO Partners, 39 GO Partners, and we have four uh, new Go partners that are under consideration that our global outreach team is already meeting with, getting applications from, uh, you know, vetting them and, and looking and praying and asking if God is leading us to partner with them as well, which is exciting to be able to partner with those uh, kind of our ministry staff around the world that are taking this message. And this past year, as far as giving, uh, this is where our giving has looked from 2016, give you a little five-year glimpse to 2020. So this past year, we were able to, uh, by God's grace and by God's goodness, send out $158,000 to our global outreach partners around the world. We did not uh, miss a check to any one of them. In fact, we were able to send additional gifts. We were able to up support to some of our partners. I think we sent $15,000 of additional gifts, extra gifts to support projects that are being done, to support pandemic relief that's, you know, they're working with in their part of the world and some partners and special projects that are going on. And so praise God that in the midst of everything going on, not only did we not have to pull back support, we actually were able to add support and send more money out to our partners around the world. Now, if you're not familiar with how Mount Hope operates, this is outside of operational funds. Our faith promise and our missions funds are completely outside of tithes and offerings. Your tithes and offering, the Lord's tithes and offering goes to support the local work and ministry we're doing here. We're called to do with those who are near to us and far from God. Our global outreach funds, our thing, uh, the faith promise is what you commit above and beyond tithes. We get those. We send those out. They're not a part of our operational budget. They completely go out to our partners around the world. So to be able to send out $158,000 this past year to our partners, I believe, is a great blessing. And I thank God for all of that. Um, so we're looking, uh, we're thanking God for that. And we want to continue to see God's Um, message go out around the world. Let me just give you a glimpse at our strategy. Uh, So some of you that have been here many years, you probably have heard this, but we didn't, uh, we haven't talked about it for a couple of years. So I just want to give you a glimpse into why and how we strategize, how we partner with people. Uh, On average, the global church, when it comes to outreach, missions, dollars, this is kind of how they're often given it. So, um, if you look at it like in $10, right? So four out of every $10 for the global church when it comes to missions will go to unreached peoples. What do we, those a whole segment of um, how those things are defined, but let me do it quickly for you. Unreached basically means there is no access, not only no gospel, no church witness in, in these communities, in these nations, in these tribes, in these people groups, but there's no access, 
to it either, unless somebody goes and intentionally brings it. So uh, it may be hard for you to believe or think when you're sitting here in the United States and you not only have, you know, a copy of God's word, maybe in English, maybe in another language you speak, maybe on your phone, maybe in paper. There are lots of people groups around the world that do not have that access. And so we call those unreached people groups. They can't go to a church down the street even if they wanted to. They're not there. It's not, it doesn't exist for them. So unless somebody is sent and goes, they don't hear about Jesus. So about 4% of the dollars of, the, of uh, global church allocates towards unreached. Formative, we might say, uh, we would define them as they have uh, a gospel witness, uh, maybe a church, an indigenous church in their culture, but it's really small percentage. And maybe under 5% or under 2% of, of people within their people group would consider themselves Christians. So it's going to be really hard organically for the church to grow. So they need help from the outside. Formative. Established is kind of where you are. You live in a nation that has an established Christian witness. You can go to a church. You can read the Bible. You have access to it in so many ways. Eight out of every 10 missions dollars of the global church goes to established places. Six out, 16, uh, or whatever that percentage, 16, that doesn't work. You understand, 16% uh, goes to formative and four goes to unreached. Um, and so what did we do here at Mount Hope? We said, well, we don't, we, well, we kind of want to work to reverse that trend. So we set these targets a number of years back. We want 50% of our dollars to go to the unreached, 30% to formative, and still 20% to established because there's still support works that need to be supported there, especially when we have partners that are within our body or raised up out of our body. We will partner with them because they're a part of our local church or they came out of our local church no matter where God calls them to serve. So we, we do that, uh, especially in our established places. So uh, are we hitting our goal, 2020? It took a while to get there, but we are right about there. We're 49.5% last year went to unreached, 34.5% went to formative, and 19% went to established. It took us a while. You can see back in 2007, we were at 23%. Well, because you just don't make this switch overnight. You don't decide on a philosophy like this and then call up people you have partnered with and committed to support and saying, well, we're not going to support you anymore and good luck finding someone to help. And I mean, that's not how you work in the kingdom, right? So as people come off the field, as people transition out, as we interview new partners, you kind of make this shift over time. And we're finally just about hitting our targets there. Praise the Lord. Uh, actually, for the last couple of years, hitting our targets there. And we praise the Lord for that. And so it's not the only way. This is just our way. And the reason we have decided this is because we want to care about people who are far from us and far from God, people that don't have access to the gospel. And God is working through it. Let me just give you a couple uh, stories we had come in in the last uh, month or so, praise reports. Someone who's near, one of our near partners, uh, Stephanie, who runs uh, ahead of a uh, ministry in Massachusetts here who works to get women out of the uh, sex industry in, in Massachusetts and the New England. She said, despite COVID shutting down almost everything in the community, we have seen tremendous emotional and spiritual growth for the women we serve in the North Shore safe home. One woman has even graduated her full program and is now living independently. God is good. 
One of our other near partners, Paul, who also works in Massachusetts, said, we talked to an imam uh, of a Bangladeshi mosque. He first tried to argue with us. We had a good conversation. Later, he became very quiet and listened to us. We gave him a Bengali version gospel track in Islamic terminology. He was excited to read it. He said to me, he wants to talk with me more about this. One of our FAR partners, uh, we'll call them J&J. &J. They're in an undisclosed location around the globe. Um, and they said, the very first friend we met in our city 14 years ago just became a committed Christian recently through combined and lasting witness of us and other believers. Now she is already hosting evangelical tea parties for her neighbors. And God's at work with those who are near to us and far from God and those who are far from us and far from God. And you heard the report earlier of Dennis and Jenny Duncan over in uh, Turkey, also at work and hearing God work. So let me close that parenthesis on uh, Mount Hope's kind of where we are. And I'd love to, if you want more information about that, I'd love to talk to you anytime. Chuon Nui is, uh, can you just lay your hand? Chuon is our global outreach director. And he would really give you the answers and much more of the data if you're interested in some of that than I've given you that kind of broad view here. Uh, but let me close that parentheses and let me just raise and go back to our original question as we close. Why? Caring about those who are far from us and far from God. In fact, let me move from why to how, because here's the reality. I may have convinced you that you should care about people who are far from you and far from God. Or maybe you are already convinced of that. Maybe you hear that and you say, agreed, Pastor Rick, the Bible says it. God said, I believe that's the heart of God. I believe that's the way God is. God cares about those who are far from me and far from him. They're on the other side of the globe and God cares about them. But if I am honest and really honest with you and with myself, the truth is I don't really care. Or at least I don't really care the way that I should. And sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, we'll say, I have enough time honestly trying to care about the people who are close to me. I have enough trouble trying to care for my own family. And then we go to my own, you know, church. And then we go to my neighborhood. And, and honestly, if I'm honest, you know, with you and I'm honest with myself, the truth is I haven't spent much time praying about those people who are right next door to me and don't know God. When's the last time you walked down your street and prayed for your neighbors? When's the last time you spent dedicated time praying for people in your own family that don't know God? Maybe recently, maybe not. And so sometimes maybe I'll say these things and I convince you of it. And, and I thought, but I, I was really wrestling with this question this week and praying through it because I thought, God, I, I think there's, there's people in our church who are sitting here and we want to care and we know we should care, but we also know we don't care like we should care. And so what's the response to that? And I thought, well, I could stand up here and try and guilt you into caring about a person on the other side of the globe that you don't know, that doesn't have access to the gospel. Or I can try and convince you of your obligation as a Christian, and you just need to pull up your bootstraps, and you need to care because that's what Christians do, and, and, and you need to do that. 
But I don't think either of those are the answer. I could give you an inspirational story and, and you know, bring tears to your eyes about a story of someone who came to Christ through, you know, through, through your efforts, and that would maybe affect you for a moment, maybe a little longer. But I don't know that it would bring the lasting change that we need when it comes to caring for people who are far from us and far from God. So I think the answer goes back to our original statement. When you care about someone, you care about the people that person cares about. So as our worship team comes back, my response to that question and my response to that concern, maybe on your heart and mine, is I'm not going to try and convince you to care more about people that are far from you and far from God. I think the answer is in the first part of the statement. That if we lack a care for anyone in our lives who God cares about, then our response is simply to press more into God's presence and to come to know him more. In the same way that I fall in love with my wife and I begin to love the people that she loves. That if we, I believe, if you and I will fall such deeply in love with God to a greater and greater measure, that he will place within us and create within us a love for the people that he loves. That it's not about pulling you in such a way that you're closer to people who don't know God. It's about pulling you closer to the heart of the Father. Because if you and I will get so close to the heart of the Father that our heart starts to beat with his heart, then we are going to, I, be, I just believe, you're going to care about the things he cares about. You're going to care about the people he cares about. Because why else? Why else does Dennis and Jenny Duncan leave you know, the comfort and ease of the United States to go live in Antalya, Turkey? Why else do our partners around the globe leave, many of them leaving successful professions where they could easily make an easy living and income in the United States and go to some place where they have to depend on other people's funds to send them and do the hard work of sharing the gospel in a place that doesn't want to hear it at first. Why go? Only because somehow their heart has begun to beat with the heart of the Father. Who cares about people there and loves them. And so our team's going to play this song and how I want to close out our service is if you're here and your heart's already with Global Outreach, then praise God. I said Global Outreach and you are already on board. You are already like, yeah, take you out and love the world. You're, you're, this is, I've been waiting for this series all year. But if you're here and you would say, you know, pastor, if I am honest, 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 I want to care, I know I should care, but I know I don't care as much as I should. And as our team sings, I'd ask you just to open your heart to the Lord and say, God, help me to love you more. Help me to just draw closer to you. If this weren't COVID, I would be having an altar call right now and asking you to come up and I'd lay hands on you and I'd pray for you and, and we would do that. And I said that to Pastor Brian this week. I'm like, I don't know how to do this without COVID. <laughs> but we can't do that right now. But I want to trust that the Holy Spirit will minister to you. 
and that God will minister in you. And that if you will be honest with your prayer to God, that he will be faithful to meet your prayer and to meet you where you're at. So Lord, we care. We do. No one's sitting in these seats on a beautiful Sunday morning because they don't care. But we often don't care as we should. And we don't care certainly like you care. We sing the words and we say the words. But Lord, um, we need to live the words. And so Lord, teach us. Lead us, draw us into your presence. Draw us into your heart so that we truly would care about people, all people, the way that you do. Lead us now in Jesus' name.